We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into your Friday, June 9th edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, joined by Andrew Spade once again, where we have a dynamite show for you guys, where we're going to continue, update, finish, and give you all the insights on the 53 minutes, pretty much turned into a top 53 of the AFC North. Uh, we did offense yesterday. If you missed that, go check it out. 25 players on offense. We took who we thought were the best 25 position by position. Would we have kept them in that depth chart? That's the whole angle. And then kind of rolled it into conversation and pretty much gives us an idea for how many Browns players are actually in the top 53. Because I wanted to do a top 40 list, but it really doesn't make a ton of sense because positional value gets a little sideways. So I think this is a pretty fair way to go through it. I think, Andrew, as I welcome you in, what's up, man? I think we had like six yesterday, if I recall, uh, Browns on the top 50, uh, top 25 on offense does that sound right to you yeah i think that sounds right uh i mean i i think we can it's nick chubb it's amari cooper it's david njoku and then uh, uh the two guards the two guards and conklin or no conklin Pos- Posich. Posich too. so it's seven it's seven then all right we we uh controversially kept off Deshaun yeah uh, watson uh until he can just prove it to us again that he yeah. is um do it in september that's all yeah. i'm asking like the, there was, um, uh, I think, I don't know if it was ESPN. I even retweeted it because it's kind of funny how people continue was to think ESPN. that the six-game yep. sample size is definitive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's not what we're doing. But at the same time, I think Lamar's pretty damn good. And it's yeah. not to be disrespectful of what, like, you know, just because Deshaun isn't there right now, he couldn't. We talked about this as, as also noted in that ESPN ranking of, like, it was kind of like ranking the cores, right? Yeah, um, it's very weird to, to try and rank a team based on five players when you're talking about a team a game where 22 players start. Yeah, very weird. And they pretty much said the Browns are lower, which is 11th is pretty strong. Yep. Um, they could shoot up a lot higher because, uh, or, well, if Deshaun Watson goes back to being a um, version of what we saw in 2020, it's pretty much what we said too. There's a world in which Deshaun Watson is the number one quarterback yeah. in the AFC North. He can do that. But yep. uh, switching over to defense, we'll get there in a minute. There's some happenings today. I mean, there was an, a, a mini camp wrapped up and 
uh, with minicamp, it's always kind of tough. The access the some videos we get, some things we don't, it's, it's hard to always give a great feel for it. If you don't, you're not on site. That's kind of what makes training camp better because we can give you an on-site perspective going there, watching it live as much as we possibly can. Or it seems like coverage is just a bit more in-depth from like getting more video clips of it. There were some nice efforts, right? There were some nice catches. I mean, I think I saw Elijah Moore with a couple nice plays, uh, especially a nice little one-hand grab kind of running toward the sideline. But we're left to sort of guess a lot. We did get some interviews from position coaches. We will have some discussion on those maybe next week if there's something to pull from them. We're going to go back, Andrew and I, and listen to those. We'll come back with anything we hear from the who – who is exactly the talk today? I know Ben Bloom, the defensive line coach, spoke. Uh, Chad, Chad O'Shea. O'Shea. Uh, Had some good things to say about Cedric Tillman, if mm-hmm, I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the other defensive one was Tarver. And then uh, Brandon Lynch right. as well, who's now the safeties – no, the cornerbacks coach, right? And then, sense. And then the guy from BYU came in to be the uh, safeties coach. I, I, don't right. th- I don't think we've heard from him since he's I don't been think here. we. I don't think we have either. Yeah. I don't think we have either. Maybe well, well there's some – there's some other stuff that has kind of trickled out now about uh, potentially some less lesser known things about the coaching staff. So we knew Bill about Bill Musgraves hired. That was a little bit more public, but I'm not here to confirm this. And it doesn't seem like unless we ask the question, we'll get a confirmation on it. But there was a young man on Twitter who said his uncle is <laughs> Jim Washburn, which who am I to say he's lying? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is. It's not like the kid has the same name. I don't know, whatever, whatever. There was a, a release about, from some NFL rumor update Twitter that is uh, you know, probably done well in the course of Twitter history, has 100,000 followers or something goofy, uh, about something we all know, which because it played out that way last year, and Dominican Sue was in no hurry to sign. Shocker. And the, the young man retweeted that. He said something along the lines of, my uncle is Jim Washburn, and he is uh, was hired by the Browns as a defensive consultant, in, in uh, parentheses, because he's 70-plus, because that matters. <laughs> you can't be a defensive consultant if you're not a certain age. And um, he thinks that the Dominicans who will ultimately end up with the Browns. So I, you know, it's all that, that part's conjecture, but it is interesting that there is a, uh, and I, I'm not sure if there's more out there. And we, we could probably get the, the specific question asked to Kevin Stefanski at some point or Jim Schwartz uh, about whether Washburn is actually there doing the defensive consultant stuff and what that role looks like. I mean, a guy who's 70 plus, maybe they don't even have him on site. Maybe they have him as a film consultant or something. I don't, I don't know, maybe taking Ben Bloom under his uh, under his arm and kind of giving him the guidance because he was a defensive line coach for, I think, nearly 10 years when Schwartz was the uh, defensive coordinator for his long tenure there with the Titans. Yep. Washburn was with him for almost all of that time. And then I think Washburn went to a couple different places, including stops with the Lions when Schwartz was the head coach as well. So and, there's a deep and relationship And Sue was there. Their, their best yeah. defensive player at that time. Yeah, so there's a deep relationship there. It would make a ton of sense, right? A guy who's very well-versed in the – why nine and the different types of things Schwartz does. And it would make, uh, make a lot of sense. So that's an obvious connection. If we hear something official, we'll keep you, uh, you know, apprised to what, what we hear, but that's just sort of a stronger rumor that's going around a bit right now. Otherwise, another big piece of information that came out was Harrison Bryant restructures his deal. He goes from the, um, rookie contract that would have given him 2.7 on a non-guaranteed basis. So that would have been a little bit easier for the Browns to rip the cord. Uh, and maybe potentially move on from him because that guaranteed number, non-guaranteed number, he he moves the number down to 1.75 of actual guaranteed dollars. He's worth up to $4 million if he hits some incentives, which again, with David, with Jordan Akins, it's hard to see him hitting whatever those incentives are, but it's nice to have those in place for him. But it feels like this deal locks him into the roster, right, Andrew? I mean, I, I don't think that they would make the structure and move him to guaranteed money unless it was a 
we want this guy to be our third tight end for another year sort of thing. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit I mean I I know why they did it, right? Cuz they're they're lowering his cap number while at the same time giving him some guarantees. It's the same thing they did with Dearness Johnson last year. Um, you know, and it it makes sense, but it it also it just feels like I mean, I don't know, it's not anything to get too bent out of shape about, but I I made I thought I made a pretty convincing argument last week in an article that they they had a path to keeping only two tight ends. Um, you know, with their uh, extensive use of a sixth offensive lineman uh, yeah. in, in blocking situations. But I mean, I get it. You know, Njoku gets hurt and and now you're, you know, you're Akins and somebody off the waiver wire. It, it puts them in a tough spot. So they chose to keep, you know, Bryant as, as depth. So, so your tight end room really is set. I don't see, you know, uh, Zaire Mitchell-Payden beating out any of these, those guys. And the fact that they guaranteed Bryant that money, it makes it more likely that he's, he's on the roster. So, I, I understand it from their perspective. They, they, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you know, uh, we talk about DeAndre Hopkins, and then if he were to sign, what would happen to Donovan Peoples-Jones? It's why I think that they would keep uh, DPJ because I think they're kind of hoarding resources right now. I mean, it's like, you know, you talk about Endomic uh, and Sue signing. It's like, it's just, it's sort of, you know, the, the, their goal is to be two or three deep at every in every position room, and so I think that's that explains the Harrison Bryant thing right there. I think it does too. And and it's you know, a guy who's been around for a while. I, I certainly see the appeal to it. David has yeah. missed yeah. games here and there. Mm-hmm. And you know, last year when Bryant's your second tight end, he's your lead tight end coming into the and that's not ideal. It's just like Harrison a lot, I think he's a fighter, but I think he's a career third tight end. And that's okay. That's yeah, that's a career. I mean, if you can play ten years, that's a bit much. But if you can play five, he gets signed somewhere else and hangs on, you're making pension, you're doing a lot of things for your life to set yourself up for the future and I just don't see like we had hope this guy was a Mackey winner. Could he come in? Could he could he could he establish himself as yeah. a pass catcher? Could he blow up? Could he get better? And it's just it's pretty obvious to see the athletic limitations are gonna hold him back. And yep. and uh but that doesn't mean like we said, he can't he can't have like some seven, eight year career. And that's a that's a good outcome for him. You know, I don't know if that happens in Cleveland, but it seems like at a minimum they're gonna have him here for another year. Uh, and I want to give the credit for this. We, we have, if you don't have any idea about how the OBR operates, we have what's called an ask the insider section, which is really folks who have very, you know, esoteric questions. They come to us, they ask these questions, whether it's film or salary cap or player performance or rumors or whatever. And somebody popped in there today, a guy who goes by just the dog in me, shout out to you, sick name. Um, he said, Hey, I looked on over the and they have Harrison Bryant now as a 1.75 million figure, while Spotrac still has him at uh, nine. What was it? What was it the number 2.7 or something like yeah. that? And so we're like, okay, the OBR dug into it, fired some texts, got an answer, and there was a restructure. So we we're the first in line to get that information because of the due diligence that somebody. I mean, I I don't know why just the dog in me was looking at Harrison Bryant contract numbers. But we are very appreciative of him for doing yeah. that. And that a lot of people struggle with insomnia, Jake, and and you know it's a it's a real it's a real challenge. It was so, a midday uh, question that was asked. <laughs> Andrews, maybe my man is tired at work. He's bored. Yeah, and he's like, that, okay, let's compare yeah, the salaries yeah. on these two popular sites. And yeah, like, let's listen. let's dig into the salary info for all ninety players on the roster. <laughs> what are, what are third tight ends making? Well, this doesn't match up. Listen. Shout out to you. It was yeah, a slow day of news. It's one of the the more spicier pieces of news. So uh, good stuff. And that speaks to the relationship you get at the OBR, which we do still have that 60% off promotion going. Paramount Plus. You use Paramount Plus, Andrew? 
Uh, I do, Jake. I, I love a, a classic sitcom. I'm a big fan of uh, Cheers. I don't know if you've ever watched Cheers, but Cheers is I've heard of it. Our on... good friend Stephen Thomas was very yep. much a Cheers guy. Yep. So. Yeah. Love Cheers dearly. Uh, and I also love Frasier uh, quite a bit. And um, that's also on there, which, you know, obviously is a spinoff of Cheers. So uh, those and, and you know what? I think you mentioned this the other day when we were talking uh, a, a decent amount of movies, like not just like, you know, blockbusters new releases but you know i watched old school on paramount plus like a week or two ago so you are my boy blue exactly say. that's what they said in that movie among many other funny things yeah. such as a, a nice little saturday trip to olive garden so good Depot. so good it's it is it's the classics like fine wine. i yeah. was uh, i had my parents down here today and my dad was on the couch he he, he speaking of midday drifters um <laughs> was was dozing off and he's doing some top research gun, yes top gun 2 was just yeah. playing and i'm like man it doesn't get any more rewatchable than mm-hmm. a little top gun 2 uh so anyway paramount plus we did the plug but that comes with your obr subscription so yeah. get in there you're losing money if you don't take this deal you should take the deal listen yeah. last little piece of information we had from today which is no information other than <laughs> it's just sort of weird perry on winfrey is like in the building and out of the building he's not hurt but he's inside i don't know what's going on with that guy he has another court date set where he has a mandatory appearance i believe Mm-hmm. june 11th um july 11th july 11th yeah be three days away be a little different um <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna the, the browns and discipline have been very yeah. strange over the years and uh you know we don't know like miles missed the first series of a game we we kind of found out about that later uh, i i don't know i don't know that we're gonna get some specific on what they're doing with Perry on Winfrey. Maybe the decision to roster him will be the the answer here, but he's in court again for, I think it's a misdemeanor assault. So yeah, uh, that's an unfortunate piece of news we have to pass along, but it speaks to uh, we just, I don't, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Winfrey. He's inside, he's outside, he's not hurt, but he's talking to Andrew Barry and I don't have uh, any, I mean, I would put my optimism on about as low as it could possibly get for the future of that young man uh, with this organization. Are you seeing that the same? Yeah, I am. And I just, I, you know, like it's, this is, we're absolutely in mountain out of a molehill territory, but you know, Kevin Stefanski as head coach of the Browns continues to be just a, just seem at times unnecessarily opaque with, yeah. you know, the discipline piece you know, like I, I have no problem with him playing it close to the vest with some of the changes to the offense, you know, and um, it, generally, you know, criticizing players publicly. I don't think that that's there's lots of good reasons for a head coach to not do that. Right. To not throw guys under the bus, to not like make news by criticizing his own players. I have no problem with any of that. But I do think at a certain point, if, if a player has been disciplined. And certainly if a player is headed to court, you know, and is, is, has run afoul of the law, I do think that there is, that it's, it, there's an appropriateness to being clear about that there are consequences and, and, and not leaving everybody to just sort of guess at what those consequences are, because I can't, I can't really decipher if this is related to that, or if this is more about maybe, you know, Perion's, you know, working on some sort of sun allergy that, you know, is, is really, really, you know, perked up in the last few days. Like what, what, what is the discipline of him being working inside for two days, you know, uh, away from the rest of the team? Is that, is that what it is? Or is it, 
you know, is this, is it completely unrelated? It's just coincidental that it happened to be the player, you know, that is, that is due in court next month. Um, it, it, the whole thing, it's just, it, you know, and, and I, to give some context here, flashback to last year, Miles Garrett, you know, what, what did he miss a snap or a series? I can't remember. There he was play a, the first series. I think there was a, I, I right. feel like it was a three and out. So it was kind of quick, but right. Somebody caught wind of that. I think it was Anthony Reinhardt who was with us at the time because he does the snap count stuff. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. That and then was, there was another was one weird. for Grant Delpit where I think it truly that one was a, a snap. Like he was not out there for the first snap and then he came onto the field. Or it may have also been a series. But but I don't see the benefit of doing that stuff and not, you know, I, I don't, I, again, Kevin Stefanski doesn't owe anybody anything that in the media or anything else. But, but to not at least be clear about, you know, that there are consequences for things and, and just kind of help us understand a little bit especially when the when the, the law is involved right like there it's a clear cause and effect right like this guy got in trouble he got arrested so what's the punishment you know what what is what what are the consequences from the team and it it just bothers me a little bit that that we just have to kind of sit here and assume you know if it was a higher profile player obviously it would be reported on you know behind the scenes and stuff like that but in this case it just it just kind of happens and everybody's just left guessing and it it bugs me a little bit that you know, I, I think that there's a there's a middle ground between laying everything out in public and where the Browns are right now, where we're truly just guessing. It is a lot of guessing, and it's like you said. I see the good and bad of it. They want to keep that stuff in house. They don't want to air out public laundry. Um, but yeah, I don't. I guess if we thought the leadership was better over recently, like recent seasons, then I think we would be a little bit more like. Uh, we'll just trust them. You know what I mean? But they haven't been great with in-house leadership and that comes from players too. And that leaves us to be like, Hmm, uh, I feel like this is something that maybe needs to be taken care of in some way, shape or form that we could at least have an idea about. But some of you might differ with that opinion. I know that there was some stuff out there about, um, you know, I was kind of vocal about them wanting to do something rather quickly with, with Jadevian Clowney and what happened there. And, and uh, people, you know, some people have the belief that we don't ever deserve to know, which is again fine, and and maybe they're waiting for the the, re- the resolution of the court case to happen, right? But uh, it is uh, the, the 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 weirdness of all of that stuff is yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, I don't want to. I'm trying to be careful with the topic because I don't follow other teams to know how well they handle it, right? And 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 we presume that the, the Browns are doing okay. No, with that's these a things, great point. But I think we yeah. just have some examples. Yeah. of them maybe not doing okay with right. some of these things. Yes. So that's exactly where I was going to be go. like, huh? Yeah, you know, it's that, sort of fair. That's exactly where I was going to go. Is that you? You to me, you earn the the right to be the, this opaque and and uh, unclear, and and the way you earn that is by avoiding the sort of blow ups that the the team has seen the last two years. Right? I mean, I, I'm not laying. Uh, at Kevin Stefanski's feet, uh, the entirety of everything that happened with Jadevian Clowney or Odell Beckham, but like it's kind of undisputable, indisputable that in consecutive seasons you had a player, a high-profile player, basically be like, "I'm good. I don't really want to do this anymore." So, yeah, like <laughs> at a certain point, I think you know it's it's definitely not in their DNA and i'm not expecting this to change at all but my contention would be that at a certain point when that continues to be an issue the, a little humility 
and and explaining your process to people just to give a little bit of visibility to fans who I think I think rightly deserve a little bit of visibility into like you know what what is the team that 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 we follow and support and and pay money to go see what are they doing about a player who was arrested for misdemeanor assault right like what what's what does that look like and it doesn't again it doesn't have to be specific it doesn't have to be exhaustive but just you know some sense of like yeah Perion's not practicing and that's you know due to what happened and that's as much as I'll say about that that even that would be giving us more than what he's given us for sure for sure and I think that the ultimate resolution of this stuff is that your in-house guys end up getting better at it it's just taken care of by the culture of your organization that's the place that Philadelphia gets you hear about the the, the way sort of and I know Pittsburgh has had some examples of different things but you, you just the this teams have this the Patriot way or this way right. or that way like I know that those teams with the the air quotes way have had, I mean, Aaron Hernandez, like it's not yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It, no, absolutely. It's not perfect. But I do think that there's like, those places have a cutoff point is the moral of the story, right? Like they have a very rigid cutoff point where you can see why they would, they, they, they handle things the way they handle them. And you hope that the Browns eventually through leadership in house. And that means long tenured veterans and things of that nature do get better at that over time. And with the, you know, it's also true that the places that do the best with that stuff are the teams that win because winning is easier on everybody's psyche than losing that. That's, there's just some guys that are not meant to be in losing locker rooms. And absolutely uh, that's the usually tied to maturity. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk depth charts for defense. You like that? up charts for defense we'll be right back we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Andrew, we have to pick five defensive tackles. All right, I'm going to say the Browns finally have one, mm-hmm. but... Uh, that, that so okay the obvious picks let's go through cam hayward is an obvious pick let's just go through the obvious guys so cam hayward is one yep dj reader is one yep. dalvin tomlinson is one yep baltimore i would say doesn't have a clear-cut guy but i would i would put matabuke in there from their side I so agree. 
I agree. That's four. Yeah. Here are your options for a fifth name to keep if we're keeping just five defensive tackles. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have Broderick Washington from Baltimore, Brent Urban, Travis Jones. Cincinnati side, we have BJ Hill. Yep. And that's, that's really the only one there I would <laughs> offer up. Brown side, we're not going to offer up anybody. <laughs> The aforementioned Perry on Winfrey. Nope. Yeah. Uh, Ogan Joby, right? Jordan Elliott really deserved no. um, <laughs> He's coming Ogunjobi. on, Jake. I heard he had a great minicamp, Jordan <laughs> yeah, Elliott. That's what I heard every year. Um, I think it's probably Larry, right? Would he be your fifth guy? Yeah. He drafted Keanu Benton in the second round. Yeah. Pittsburgh, but that's that's a rookie. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. good enough to take him yet. I mean, B, it's probably BJ Hill or, or Larry. I think it's Larry and the added benefit that this is like an AFC North list and he's played for three of the four teams in the AFC North, right? So Yeah, is he going to get to uh, to Baltimore at some point? Then he completes the full circle? I almost feel like he, he has to. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of feel like he has to, like his last season has to be in Baltimore. Um, Shout out to Larry, one of the few players I've ever asked to come on the pod and he did and he was great. Yeah, he was great. I remember that. That was a great, that was a great get. And he's a, I, he's a great guy. I, you know, that's a player that, you know, cool for that guy, man. The, yeah, the timing of his second contract didn't really line up with where the Browns were and and kind of what they had prioritized at that time. But I I think the Browns were wrong to let him walk. But in retrospect, definitely, I think they thought that they got the most out of him, and he had levels to clearly un, uh, unlock. Um, all right, so we're gonna take Larry. So that's yeah. five. Now we have six defensive ends. Let's go through the obvious ones. So we would say. I think both Pittsburgh guys are fair, TJ Watt and um, Alex Highsmith. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might just be able to two – wow, but that's actually – we can't do that because that would be eight. Mm. So we have to get picky. Mm. So we'll say TJ Watt for sure. We'll yep. say Trey Hendrickson for sure. Yep. We'll say Miles and Zadarius yep. are sure yeah. ends. Yep. And then Baltimore – I mean, I think Odafeowe is a pretty talented player. So I yep. would think that he's your – that's five. Yep. So now we're choosing the sixth, and here I'll give you the choices. I like to let you pick this. Fair guy that I am. Uh, Tyus Bowser. Yeah. Sam Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Now they also drafted Miles Murphy in the first round. Yep. And Joseph Osai, who cost them a chance at a at a, you know, a chance to win a game that mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alex Highsmith, who I think is a pretty good football player. Yeah, I think I'll let if- you pick this the the remaining one. I think it's Highsmith. I think it's Highsmith. I, I mean, let's not let's not totally forget about Okoronko either, right? Like, um, I mean, I, I know that it would feel a little bit homery to put three of the six uh, as as Browns, but I mean, Okoronko had a really good year last year, and uh, you know, he he. I think you could make an argument. I think you could too, and I think that if he gets some more snaps, yeah. This year, um, yep. topping out more than the five fifty, he's topped out at. Yeah, he's got a real chance, and they've they've kind of some some low key nice compliments for him so far mm-hmm. uh, from guys mm-hmm. on the on the on the squad who did not know much about. Yeah, his team. but High- Highsmith has really just turned to be like such a well rounded player. You know, uh, I think that I think that's what what really tips it in his favor. Yeah, I would agree. I think Highsmith is fine. Um, yeah. That's our six honorable mention to uh sam hubbard just a really solid football player yeah and and okoronkwo and owe <laughs> like it's yeah a, this is a deep edge division oof. isn't it That's yeah it really group. is it really miles is. murphy could crack that list next yeah, year absolutely yeah right yeah, Isaiah it's, McGuire, it's, yeah. yeah sure 
I would love that. Alex Wright. Yeah, I mean, let's just keep naming know. guys. Isaiah Thomas. Just, we could go all night. You go all night. They got the, what? What about a, you know, um, kid from Kansas, UDFA. Sure, Lonnie Phelps. Escaping Lonnie, Lonnie Phelps. Phelps. Yeah. stepping in, name plugging. The, Good job. The, uh, the Bengals signed Terrell Basham. He's he's deep on their depth chart. We'll just keep going. I mean, I've got our lads open. We can do this literally all night. Shout out to our lads who make oh, this man. stuff pretty Great easy. Work. Great work. I do hate that Pittsburgh added Marcus Golden. That's a good ad. Oh, yeah. Really There's another ad. one. There's another um, one. Yep. And it feels and like and Justin I'm being Houston serious. I know you're being up. facetious right now. No, I'm, I'm not. Serious. I'm not. I'm, I'm... I stopped listening to you when you threw out some names <laughs> at the end of depth charts, but you know, whatever. I didn't even throw Gunnar Olszewski in your face yesterday. I meant to. You did. I, you shouldn't have. I, mm, mm. All right. Moving on. Um, linebacker now. We're going to keep five linebackers. So mm-hmm. we'll go through the obvious ones. I think. Roquan Smith is an obvious one. Yeah. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are probably obvious ones to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh doesn't have one that I would be very interested in. Their linebackers are surprisingly bad. I mean, so they're like, we're going to spend a ridiculous amount of uh, capital here. Go up and get Michael. Um, was it was it Bush? Um, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. De- yeah. De- they're like, we're going to we're going to go up, move up, trade into the top 10 to get a linebacker. Then we're going to sign. Uh, Miles Jack to a decent, mm-hmm. and then we're just not going to, it yeah. didn't work. So we don't care anymore, we're man. Just, you, you, you remember that day on, I remember that day on Brown's Twitter, people were losing their mind. They're like Devin Bush and, and Miles Jack, the Steelers do it. They, they did it again. And neither they of those guys again. are even, I, I don't. Devin those... Bush. I just said, Michael Bush, Michael Bush, nice running back at Louisville. Yeah. Right. Am oh, I, am wait, I thinking about yeah. way back Michael... in the day. Like, like he used to play with like that. Oh, seven Louisville team. Yeah. Like 15 years ago. Oh, who yeah. was the quarterback? Brian Brom for that team? Was sure. that, am I right about that? Sure. Don't say Absolutely. sure. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think 2007. That was, I'm Googling Louisville. it. Louisville. Oh, yeah. We're doing it right now. We're yeah. doing it live. We're going to do it live. Yeah. 2007 Louisville, Michael yeah. Bush, college stats. Mm-hmm. Man, he had a nice 2000. He didn't. It was actually 2005, maybe, that that was. The, what was the year that Louisville, or was it 04, that they were really good? That. That I couldn't tell you. I that, think it there was, was a range. I think it was five. The Petrino no, it was year. No, two thousand four. They went okay. eleven and one. All finished right. fifth in the country under Bobby Petrino. The quarterback though was not yet Brian Brom. It was still a young man named Stefan LaForce. Oh sure, I remember him. You yeah. know, you remember him. And yeah. Then, well, that was back in the day when I had nothing to do on the weekend, so I just watched college football for twelve hours until my eyes literally so fell fell shut. This, this is a, I still do something similar. Um, <laughs> so 2006 Louisville also 12 and one finished third in the country that year. Yeah, that was the Brian Brom year. Yeah, thirty three thousand yeah, yards. Those Petrino Louisville years were fun. But that was, that a fun was the team year to watch. Michael Bush was hurt that year. He only had 17 carries. Got hurt in the first game. Mm-hmm. So and, they and won the Orange Bowl. Didn't do much in the NFL. He, he wasn't not a player. I mean, he we put together six seasons, but uh, yeah. almost cracked a thousand in 2011. Shout out to Michael Bush for making an appearance on uh, a Browns podcast yeah, for absolutely. no reason whatsoever, other than the host is an idiot. So <laughs> we have four linebackers, right? We have the two from Cincinnati. I think we probably have to put Patrick Queen has not been that good. No, I don't, I don't want Queen on this roster. Who are you taking? Because you're going to take JOK. Yeah. So you're talking like that's four. We're taking five. Yeah. Who's your, your your final nominees? Yeah, I'm digging. Patrick Queen. Yeah. Cole Holcomb, a Landon Roberts, or yeah. I mean, are we are we putting on the, another Browns suggestion? Are you putting on a Walk or like Oof. who are you taking? Yeah, as deep good... as the edge group was, the linebacker group is Make bleak. I know point, when we did when we did like 
evaluation of how committed teams are to positions. This is the one where the, the Ravens are the only team that seem to care significantly yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I think you're probably right that it, it has to be Patrick queen, but he's just been so bad. It's not been anywhere near what they thought he'd be obviously yeah. taking mm-hmm. him in the first round. And, um, but yeah, you know, he, thought, he, thought, he blitz as well. So we'll just, we'll, you know, have him in a very specific role. I thought Jacob Phillips was going to end up being better than him, but mm. he can stay on the field. Yeah. All right. So there's our five linebackers. Browns have one of them. Oof. They've had one D tackle, two D ends, almost a third, mm-hmm. and then one linebacker. Yep. One D tackle, two D ends, one linebacker. All I, right. And I, then now we're going to do... like Cole Holcomb, Holcomb better, but we don't have to. We need to see him play. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know enough about him. Cheap contract. Yeah. He, he was all right in Washington. We'll see. Cole. He was okay. All right. Let's move on. Looks cool. He's got great uniform swag. Um, speaking now. of which, speaking of which, okay. I know I just said let's move on, but here we is, are. Uh, our lads is saying Roquan Smith is going double zeros this year. I first of all don't think you can wear a double zero. It has to be single zero, right? I I'm looking at what they've got, and they've got doubles. I, see, I do see the double zero. Roquan Smith, Ravens. Let's see. Did he? Did he wear? He wore eighteen. So funny that we're just both googling the same things over and over again. Yeah, eighteen. Mm-hmm. It's like we're talking about the same topic, so maybe that would happen. They've on their website though. They've got them at zero, right. but they've got just got one zero. Yeah, on, singular on zero, double website. zero would look weird. Yeah, I don't think that that's allowed. Yeah, zero, cool, fun, right on, good for you, Roquan. That will be fun to watch. That will be fun. Can't to wait, watch. can't wait. That yeah. guy's pretty good, unfortunately. Yeah. Nice. Player. Um, now next is safety. safety. Yeah, um, we're only keeping four safeties. So mm-hmm. Minka is a is a stone cold lock. Hundred percent. I saw Grant Delpit as a tier one safety today from Pro Football Focus. Okay. I thought, okay. And that was my exact. I was like, okay. Okay. I think Grant has done a nice job getting better, but yep. I don't know that I tier one. But in this scenario, you would say Marcus Williams is the second. No doubt. I mean, I guess Grant is the third. It's good. Like, I, it, so here are your options hmm. for your remaining two. Yeah, Marcus Williams, I just said. I'm going to shut up. Kyle Hamilton was a first-round <laughs> pick last year. Inconsistent rookie yeah. year, but a nice player. Yeah. Cincinnati has first-round pick Dax Hill, who did more. He like he wasn't really a safety for them mm-hmm. all the time last year, so hard to sit here and say he deserves it. Pittsburgh also has a bunch of former uh, Ravens and DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal, so I don't think those guys. So it really, I mean, it could be the Browns' two safeties. The question is, would you take Delpit and Thornhill over Dax Hill and Nick Scott or Kyle Hamilton? And I definitely want Kyle Hamilton. Okay, uh, so which which Brown safety would you remove? That right, that's the question. And I actually think I I mean I've I I don't know Juan Thornhill's game as well because he played for the Chiefs and you know, but I do think I trust Juan Thornhill more. I just, yeah, I, 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 I think I think the the consistency has been there is what I would say, and I again I don't know that for sure, but I I think you know if I had to choose right now that's the way that I would be picking. Okay, you let you made the decision. I like it. Yeah, that's so our no four. no Delpit was safety. considered no yeah. Bengals safeties. Well, largely, I mean they lost their two studs, so exactly. they they have exactly. some massive things to prove. It seems like yeah. it'll be. The three of Jordan Battle, who they took in the third round from Alabama, Dax Hill and Nick Scott, we'll figure that out. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, there's our four. Browns get one safety. And now we take five corners. So mm-hmm. we'll do the obvious ones. Denzel Ward is an obvious one. Marlon Humphrey is an obvious one. Yep. Cincinnati 
it depends how healthy Cheetah Bay Awuzie is. We'll say he's going to be healthy, so he's your third. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is just like their linebacker situation. There, it's rough corner situation. Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr., who could be nice, and Shannon Sullivan. I don't have a name from those guys. I would just lock in. So we have, we have, two, we have three. We have yep. to add two more. Here are our options: Joey Porter Jr., Patrick Peterson, Cincinnati. You have Cam Taylor Britt, who had some nice moments last year uh, as a rookie out of Nebraska, and Mike Hilton. Yeah. For Baltimore, you have uh, Rocky Asin, mm-hmm. just a fantastic name, mm-hmm. and Jalen Armour Davis, and Brandon Stevens at nickel. And then for the Browns, you have Grant. Uh, nope, already said Grant. So you have Greg Newsom, and you have Martin Emerson. Yeah. I, I kind of think you have to take. Are you taking Martin Emerson and Greg Newsom over any of those others I just named? Here's I the thing. Think I am. Yeah, this the, I this think is I am. where it kind of depends on how you are imagining this exercise. If we actually have to play games, then I'm probably taking Mike Hilton just because he's such a badass nickel, right? Like yeah. he would he would 100% be the starting nickel over so it would be Ward, Humphrey and Hilton in the slot and that's your starting three. You know, you and you, so you'd have Newsom maybe as depth and you'd have um Awuzie as depth. But Mike Hilton is a badass in the slot. So uh, that's, that's you know, if we're playing games, uh, I want Hilton. But if we're just stacking the t- most talented players, I, I I think I agree with you that it's the three Browns. And then Humphrey I think we're, for the, the sake of being a Browns podcast. Yeah, sure. We're, we're totally going to do that. Right? Great. Yeah. Great. Great. Let's do it. I do like Hilton, um, to your point. I want to yeah. see how many snaps he played last year. I always love doing this. Um. Okay, so Mike Hilton last year. Let's check his defensive grades. You know, the grades and coverage is where these guys excel in mm-hmm. PFF. They're just phenomenal. Um. Yeah, he's he's been good traditionally. He's fine. Um. I it's, think your point like is fair. If you if you wanted too, a nickel, you know? yeah. If you wanted a nickel that we're stepping onto the field week one. Yeah. You need a guy Just I know beats the shit nickel. out of people. Yeah. I am fine with that assessment, but I do think the Browns three are from a talent standpoint without really pin and plugging positions. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. We'll go that we'll go that route. So yeah. there you go. Browns go Browns. Fans. Three corners mm-hmm. and they are talented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three corners, one safety, one linebacker, two D ends, one D tackle. Mm-hmm. So three, four, five, and an eight on defense. Look at that. Mm-hmm. The question is, as we round out our 53 with our three remaining positions, I think Charlie Hewlett's got to be our, our snapper. hundred percent. It's paid well enough. Mm-hmm. So we're yep. up to now 16 of the top 53. Mm-hmm. All right. Top 50, but we're adding three positions at the end. Kicker, obviously, I, th- I think, I think Cade York, is, should we consider it fair? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he's third, man. He's well, Actually, he's fourth because Boswell. I forgot about Boswell. He he's fourth. fourth. He is fourth out of four. Tough scene. Hopefully a yeah. better year this year. Yep. Talent's there. Just yep. maybe don't shank it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then punter. Here are your punters across the division. Maybe I can find him. Maybe I cannot. The punter for... Pittsburgh was that the, the young they drafted him. Yeah, Presley Harvin. 
the third. Presley Harvin. Uh, but they claim Braden Mann off of waivers from the Jets. So, yeah, I don't think they like Presley's They've got a inconsistency. Punting competition, if I understand they, this correctly. That's what they call it. Yeah. Cincinnati lost their longtime punter. Was it Huber? He uh, they cut him or he retired? Yeah, and then they had that that guy that was terrible last year, Drew Chrisman. But then they oh, drafted former Buckeye rugby yeah. punter for the Buckeyes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they drafted Brad Robbins. Yeah, I'm taking. Brad, where's Brad Robbins from? Uh, Michigan. Didn't ooh, know that. I'm I'm, I'm taking uh, Stout from the the Ravens. Jordan Stout had a nice first year. Yeah, nice first year. Fourth round yeah. punter out of Penn State. Yep. How did he do in the punter rankings, guys? Let's check that out. <laughs> Jake's right, in a so Googling we... mood. For those of you at home oh, that can't tell, Jake Jake just found Special out about teams. Google, and he's, th- okay. he's just kind of thrilled to explore that space. Punting grades. This is, I don't know how they accumulate these punting grades, but I will say 10th, sorry, 11th in the NFL, Corey Bjorquez. Oh, okay. I do not see anybody in the division with a higher punting grade. Brandon, Braden Mann, though, mm-hmm. had the f- fourth highest punting grade. Okay. All so, right. So, okay. food for thought. Presley Harvin was 17th. All right. Let's um, not sleep on Bohorquez. Drew Chrisman was terrible. He was 30th. Yeah. And then Stout was 26th. Okay. I was, so, yeah, I'm happy to be wrong. Let's, let's go Braden, with Bohorquez. Braden Mann or Bojo. Well, you know, Braden Mann has he hasn't done it in the AFC North yet. So, well, Braden Mann also did come into Cleveland Browns Stadium and throw an absolute seed. Yep, that's right. I that's think right. he threw an absolute seed on a fake punt that they uh-huh. ran this. They ran a snag yep. route that yep. was just so well executed. My my jaw was agape. So I let's could not believe it. Out of spite, leave him did off he, of the roster. So, right? Andrew, did he also kick the onside kick? I think you're getting greedy now. I think he kicked the onside kick. Mm. I really think. Hold on now. Let's go to Twitter. Let's yeah. type in Braden Man. I think he kicked that onside kick. I, I'm Jake pretty sure. With I'm a, pretty sure he did this. A vengeance. Oh man, I, that game has left a scar in my brain, man. Did you want to do a returner too while we're here? Because I'm, I'm yeah, looking. Should, at, I'm looking right that. at Gunnar Olszewski here. Guy. Looking right at Gunnar Olszewski. I, I think Braden Man did kick. Okay, so I'm watching now. He had yeah, he did. He had here this is the summary the summary of the game he had. He had four punts for forty seven point three, had a seventeen yard first down pass in the game. So he had great punt distance, great first down pass that was as accurate as like a Cody Kessler out. Good hold on a low snap and his incredible onside kick where he looked like he was gonna kick it right and swooped it left and it went across the ten yard market like the sideline it was actually stone cold perfect so braden man i love you bojo but braden man is my guy no. if you can throw oh no, no. man if you can throw seeds here. on the sideline this is crazy he had the best punting grade of the group last i thought year. i thought the whole point here was that you were saying all the things that he did we were going to keep him off the list as as a oh, as out of spite that no, we're doing a I'm spite in. thing if you can throw seeds on fake punts you got okay. you got my love all right he's on burns um, list he's not on mine Put that in the record book. Last part. Yeah. So who's the best return guy? I think it's um, Devin then, Duvernay, I believe, right? Yeah, Duvernay by a long shot. I mean, Jakeem nice Grant, return. if Jakeem Grant is healthy, I think it might be him. But Duvernay has been so consistent the last few years. That's a good point. Uh, Cincinnati, Charlie Jones is the guy they think they're going to have doing that this year. Yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. like a movie character. Mm-hmm. Don't know anything about Gunner. Him. Olajewski. All right, we're out of here. That's it. We got that. We nailed it. So the hey, Browns you know, had... I was thinking about this while we're talking, uh, uh, wrapping quick, things on. up. Eight, seven. So where are we at on that? 
So we're at 50. So 16 of the top 53. Right. If we add in the hold, uh, the so a, a little bit more than proportional, right? Yeah. I feel like that's yeah decent number, right? Yeah. I think they're, the they're represented 53. well. Yeah. So that means they should have every chance to win it. Right. Well, and it, it kind of brings me to my point, which is uh, a, definitely a, a topic for another time, but we got to rank these coaches, man. We do. And they just put out the 33rd team put out a, Really interesting NFL yeah. head coaches ranking that we should hit on. Yeah, I think we got to we'll rank that. the coordinators and we got to rank the you know position do coaches it. as an aggregate, and then the head coaches. We got to do the whole thing. You're hearing a live bit here of how we come up with topics for this yeah. podcast. I just and there have been have some to great topic ideas that we will get to. You guys have been emailing <laughs> them to me, and they have been really awesome. I'm I'm complimentary right now, like some great stuff. So that's great. I promise we will get to all of those in the dead period here. So can't wait. Sixteen is the number that we settle on here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like, like you said, pretty proportionate. Almost like if you stretch it out to the top 60, maybe they get, you know, four more, right? With the four more could be, we talked about some wide receivers being on the bubble, more in DPJ. We just talked about Okoronkwo being on the bubble. Yep. Delpit being on the bubble. They'd get to their 20 of the 60. And that's well above yeah the number that you would be of your quarter so yeah off the top of my head i'm trying to think of which which team we had the fewest from and i think it was the steelers um i think that's fair to say i think it was the steelers so the um, offensive line hurts them the linebacker group hurts yep, them cornerback the cornerback they didn't and have they a single had one, cornerback they only had one db period right, Minka. right. yep so, so it was watt hayward highsmith and uh and that's Fitzpatrick on defense yeah people see them as the fourth team this year so yeah yeah. Then again, though, but you got to rank the coaches, the coordinators, rank the coaches. all that. That yep. matters. Yep. All right. Well, this is fun, Andrew. Any other closing statements, arguments, blame you want to throw on me for Brendan Mann, whatever? Yeah. The, Braden Mann. Yeah, the Braden, Braden Mann stuff Braden is, 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 is a, a tough pill to swallow, but I understand it, right? Because that guy, that punter, single-handedly wrecked a Browns win. So he completely changed everything yeah. about that yeah. game. Yeah. And, and arguably the season as a result. I would agree with that. All right. Mm. Braden Mann point of contention on yeah. this show public that's enemy where we're at one. welcome to june 8th welcome to june 9th <laughs> here we are anyway fun show we'll be back i will be back andrew will be gone i will be back tomorrow with a mailbag extravaganza we had some seriously great questions so i'm pumped to have that because i didn't have many to record on last week because i had to record way earlier in the week than i wanted to on vacation which again i got to reiterate some people have given me a shout out for the Vacation with kids is just going to a different house and watching your kids. It is not vacation. Got to reiterate that one. So anyway, uh, back in the swing of things here. So we'll have a good mailbag for you. Then we'll get together with uh, we'll get together with Brad Ward and do things I think I know, which is very little about the Cleveland Browns. And then it'll be a new week before we know it. Thanks for stopping by on a Friday. Have a great day, everybody. A great Friday and have a great weekend. Thanks to Andrew for being here, taking his time as always. And um, take advantage, 60% off before that's too late. Get the Mm -hmm. Paramount Plus tie-in for that annual subscription. We appreciate you guys for doing that very much. Thanks for stopping by listening to the OBR Film Breakdown. We are out of here. Go Browns.